But if you've turned on the news lately, you may have heard some worrying references to the Internet changing. The Federal Communications Commission has agreed to move forward on a proposal that could change the way we use the Internet. At risk, the basic principle of net neutrality. Net neutrality. Net neutrality. Yes, net neutrality. The only two words that promise more boredom in the English language are featuring Sting. And... <laughs> Hi, I'm Anubhav Gupta, Assistant Director of the Asia Society Policy Institute, and this is Asia Inside Out, where we take you beyond the latest policy headlines and provide an insider's view on Asian and global affairs. As you may have guessed, this episode is on net neutrality, and I promise it will be a lot less boring than Stink. If you're a fan of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, you may remember that clip from back in 2014. Almost four years later, net neutrality is once again in the news. In December, the United States Federal Communications Commission voted to repeal the Obama administration net neutrality rules, which were partly a result of the education and advocacy campaigns started by Last Week Tonight. As we're recording, Democrats in Congress are trying to cobble together enough votes to overturn that decision. What does the FCC's decision mean? What will the internet look like without net neutrality? And why should we even care? We'll answer all of these questions in today's episode and do it while learning about the example of India which has one of the strongest net neutrality regimes in the world. I spoke with two experts who were involved in India's successful campaign for net neutrality. As you'll see, India's journey towards an open internet has some interesting parallels with the United States. To help us dive into this subject further, I first spoke to Vishal Misra, who is a professor in the Department of Computer Science at Columbia University. He is a net neutrality expert that has followed the US and India debates very closely. He also happens to have a great way of explaining the concept of net neutrality. So imagine your internet service provider to be a gas station. And what do you get from the gas station? You get gas. What do you get from your internet service provider? You get a connection to the apps or services that you want to use on the so now imagine that the car that you are driving to the gas station is the app or the website or the service that you want to use. And now if the gas station says that if you're driving a Ford, I will charge you X for gas. Mm -hmm. But if you're driving a Toyota, I'll charge you Y. You wouldn't stand for that, right? You just no. want gas. So that's the same uh, principle on the internet. The ISP should not be deciding that if you go to website X, your charges would be different versus website Y. Or if you're using service A versus service B, I'll charge you differently. So one principle of net neutrality, the way I define is that the ISP should be pricing neutral. Okay. The consumer should not be uh, forced to pay different amounts for going to different parts of the internet. Mm -hmm. The ISP should be pricing neutral. The other aspect of the definition is uh, the ISP should be quality of service neutral. So what do I mean by that? So again, imagine the car analogy and you go to the gas station and if you're driving a Ford, the ISP says you can have 93 octane. Okay. If you're driving a Toyota, 87 octane is all that I give you. And if you're driving a Hyundai, the gas station will just refuse to give you gas. That should not be happening. So that's QoS discrimination. So again, the ISP should not be changing the speed with which you connect to website A versus mm -hmm. website B or service X versus service Y. So the ISP should also be quality of service neutral. Together, these two, price neutrality and quality of service neutrality, they make net neutrality. 
and quality of service neutrality includes the idea that the whole of the World Wide Web should be open to right. consumers. So the gas station should not say Hyundai doesn't get gas. Great. So, so every site should be accessible. So tell me a little bit about how um, this has changed in the recent U.S. ruling. So what did the recent FCC ruling where, which uh, essentially rolled back some net neutrality rules, how did that, which parts of this definition did that impact? So uh, the U.S. had, uh, the FCC in the U.S. Uh, in uh, 2015, February of 2015, had this open internet order, which was hailed as the net neutrality regulations in the U.S., where FCC laid out three bright line rules where they said the ISP should not be allowed to throttle, block, or do paid prioritization for any part of the internet. Hmm. So that ruling matched uh, the QoS neutrality part of the definition that I've given, where uh, it says, okay, you know, if you're a website, you should be accessible to all the users and the ISP should not mess around with your the, the connection speed. As far as pricing neutrality goes, the FCC said, we'll take a wait and watch attitude. We'll go on a case by case basis and adjudicate for every case. Okay. Now, there have been instances since then where the FCC has educated against this price discrimination. Mm-hmm. But they didn't take a stand at that time. So there isn't a set rule on pricing. There's, there was no set rule. But the QoS, there was a rule in 2015. The recent uh, vote uh, in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which was 3-2 to two at the FCC. 3-2 to two, uh, along, <laughs> it was a party line vote. Mm-hmm. They even took back the QoS neutrality. Okay, so now it's it, now it is legal if uh, if an ISP wants to yeah. to throttle or slow down service right. for a particular uh, company or user. The FCC has no jurisdiction to stop that. Tell us a little bit how consumers and how companies could see things changing over the next few years. So uh, I think in the immediate or short term future, consumers will not see a price increase for their broadband connection. But where it will hurt consumers is. Uh, these uh, taking back of these regulations now that uh, uh, net neutrality is not enforceable on the internet, this will hurt competition on the internet. So what, you know, as the definition that I gave said that internet is a platform Mm -hmm. where you provide no competitive advantage to anyone. By taking back these regulations, now now you're, it's open season. If you are a big company, big content provider with deep pockets, you can muscle out uh, an upstart. You know, you can you can pay the ISP to speed up your traffic, mm. and when that happens, you know nobody's going to go to a competi- competing website or competing service if the traffic is slow. Okay. You can pay the ISP to make the traffic to your service uh, free, whereas uh, the competitor cannot afford to do that for their own traffic. Sure. So, so it'll hurt competition and innovation on the internet in the US if we don't go back to net neutrality. Thanks, Vishal. Uh, I have one more question for you. What you seem to be suggesting is that the internet is unique in some way, that it shouldn't be treated like just another product or service. Why is that? So the internet is it's it's like a utility. The UN has declared uh, the internet as a human right. And our lives now, we have reached a stage where we cannot function without the internet. So, you know, the the, the parallel I see is that uh, imagine if your utility company started saying that if you have a Samsung TV, I'll charge you less. 
But if you have a Sony TV, I'll charge you more. And if an LG TV, I won't even give you electricity. We can't even imagine that scenario. The internet is like that. Our lives depend on the internet. So it should be a utility available openly for anything that the consumers want to do. Now that we have an understanding of what net neutrality really means and what is at stake, what's next? Is the internet in the United States destined to follow in the footsteps of Portugal, or is there another model? India has one of the world's most robust net neutrality regimes, and it's a set of rules that have only come about in the past few years. In fact, much like the United States, India only really started to wrestle with this issue in a public and visible way in 2014, around the time that the Narendra Modi government came into power. Why did India turn out differently? What were the forces driving change there? What unique challenges did India face when it comes to net neutrality? To learn about India's experience, I spoke to Nikhil Pahua, perhaps India's preeminent advocate for net neutrality. Nikhil is a journalist and founder of Medianama, an online news website covering the intersection of business, technology, and politics. He was a co-founder of the SaveTheInternet.in campaign, as well as the Internet Freedom Foundation in India. Hey, Nikhil, great to have you. Uh, to start, can you tell me about how the movement for net neutrality got started in India? So th- this came from the bottom up. Uh, we so what hap- what had happened was that the mobile operators, because remember in India a majority of internet access is via mobile. There's some 24, 25 mm-hmm. million wireline connections, um, and there are about 400 odd million wireless connections in India. Um, and it's a largely prepaid market. It's not uh, a contract based market. So people tend to keep changing connections. So we don't really know how many users there are. But uh, one of the things that was happening in India was because after e-commerce started, internet access started growing rapidly because people came online to buy uh, cheaper goods. Flipkart is what really started the second internet boom in India. Um, ISPs realized that companies like Google and Facebook are making a lot of money on the internet and so is Flipkart and Amazon. And they wanted a share of that pie. So uh, when the BJP government came into power in 2014, one of the five points of agenda that the uh, telecom industry had was for figuring out a revenue sharing relationship between the mobile operators and online companies, saying that you make money using advertising, I want a share of that pie. So um, I was a little concerned about that because you know I'm someone who started uh, an, an online media publication from scratch uh, we turned 10 years old in June this year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And so, you know, that that journey of being a, having the freedom to build something is is what I want everyone in my country to have. So I could see how this would act as a barrier and, and end up restricting um, the ability to create for everyone else. And so when the TRAI consultation paper came out, I put together a team of about uh, initially about seven or eight people very soon Within about 10 days, we had a group of about 120 to 140 volunteers. Uh, We launched a campaign called SaveTheInternet.in with support from uh, a comedy group called AIB, that's All India Bakchod. And within about 12 days of launch, we got about 1.2 million people to mail the Indian government, uh, to mail the TRAI, which is the Indian Telecom Regulator, to support net neutrality. Uh, that's this is essentially the largest uh, grassroots campaign uh, in India, and unprecedented in terms of the scale that it reached. Uh, and no one is expecting something like this to happen 
from an internet perspective because there was still a, a sense that you know people don't really care about that at all mm-hmm. um what we realized was that younger people care they care about whether you know some sites are being blocked or not or whether some apps are more expensive to use than others and so because of that galvanization of people um we really took the discussion to parliament uh, we deposed before um you know the department of telecom had a committee we deposed there we deposed before a parliamentary standing committee and a year from launch we had the first uh, net neutrality regulations in india which were around differential pricing about whether let's say if you're accessing amazon prime is that cheaper for you to access versus a netflix right um and so it took another year and now we've got strong regulations preventing speeding up or slowing down access to sites which is the issue that the us is 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 grappling with mm-hmm. so on every count if you think about it whether it comes to uh, throttling or speeding up slowing down sites or you look at pricing uh, we've got stronger regulations uh, than you guys have here okay uh, but what's important to remember is that net neutrality is for a global internet so we need strong net neutrality protections across the world so that everyone has a freedom to create mm-hmm. and everyone has a freedom to consume you've just described how a social movement sprung up in india and participated in the political process to pressure politicians but i'm wondering how did you empower people to not only take action but to really learn about net neutrality in the first place and what were the different political forces at play in india on the pro and con side so in india uh, from a political perspective uh, there was no leaning uh, whether for or against net neutrality to begin with and so the philosophy that we started with was that votes beat money so while the mobile operators had all the money we went out and got the votes and when you have a situation where a million people 1.2 million people mail the regulator mm-hmm. which is unprecedented in history all of a sudden everyone's scrambling to understand what net neutrality means and to quite an extent we won the information battle over there in the sense that in the absence of much literature in india on net neutrality uh, we kept engaging so we created a public google doc where we told people ask us any question on this document mm-hmm. uh in about 3 hours time we had 34 pages of qna and eventually when this thing hit tv what we found was the anchors were asking our questions and the panelists were giving our answers <laughs> because nobody knew better so we effectively also won the information war and so when this reached parliament uh the interesting thing was that the congress criticized the bjp uh, which is in par which is in par mm-hmm. uh for for taking out really bad net neutrality uh, consultations in the sense the paper that had come out was terrible um and the bjp responded by saying who are you to tell us to support net neutrality we support net neutrality more than you do right and that's when you realize that the, that a majority of the battles largely won mm. but there were startups like flipkart initially which is india's largest e-commerce player um that had tied up with the mobile operator airtel to make flip flipkart access free and so initially they were against net neutrality and once our campaign began there was a strong pushback from within flipkart from their employees themselves mm-hmm. uh following which and there was also a lot of public backlash uh, reddit india was involved in running a downvoting campaign where flipkart's mobile app was downvoted on the google play store 
and because of all the pushback flipkart eventually backed off um there were companies like ndtv and the times of india group that were on um, that were initially a part of uh, free basics uh, facebook's free basics and they pulled out uh, following the netutiety campaign so i think the battle lines were drawn in a manner that there were um, companies like facebook um, and and the mobile operators that were on one side from what we understood google was leaning towards them but not really public because they were afraid about what kind of a public backlash they would be against google at that point in time but by and large uh, most entities were uh, in favor of net neutrality um the isps waffled a bit in the sense the isps are separate from the mobile operators so the isps sometimes they would li- give comments in favor of net neutrality sometimes against they had their own internal politics running but i honestly struggle to remember apart from facebook and the mobile operators who really was opposing net neutrality in india um and that that's because we started from scratch and we built a public movement but what what we did see because india's got a fairly large young population is that there's a generation gap between how people see the internet because um in india the younger generation sees it as a necessity for them being able to communicate is entirely through im through a messaging app like whatsapp mm-hmm. um you're seeing that most younger people are now choosing whatsapp calling over uh, regular phone calling even because the call quality is better because it's just intuitive for them to use the app for that so because uh, smartphones and 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 data connections are largely being used by a very large young population in india i think about uh, 60% of the country is under the age of 35 you can imagine that this also has political implications in terms of votes so you know our campaign was also focused on that idea that these are votes that matter these are people who care about the internet the politicians who are substantially older may not understand the need for it but their constituents do so how has the adoption of these net neutrality rules affected access and the digital market in india so there are alternatives mm-hmm. um the other thing is that we've seen what's happened in india since we got net neutrality regulations mm-hmm. so reliance geo launched which is uh, owned by the reliance group which is uh, essentially the mukesh ambani group mm-hmm. um and they offered free data on geo sims uh, for 6 months so what's happened since then is that data prices have dropped to about a tenth of what they were uh across mobile operators data consumption has increased almost uh over 10 times now so uh, where we used to get about um i'd say we used to get about 1 gb for 125 rupees today for about 200 300 rupees you can get 1 gb per day hmm. so you can imagine the difference there is and because they gave free internet access to everyone as a promotional campaign for 6 months you had uh, the number of internet connections growing by almost 80 million in a year uh and you would see taxi drivers and kids on the street uh, with smartphones watching movies so there is a way there is a better way out there and that is competition I'd like to bring this back to the US now if you don't mind. Why do you think the US lost the net neutrality fight and India didn't? The US had this fight a few uh, years ago. A few years ago yeah. And they won the fight. Mm-hmm. 
and so what happens is that people get tired yeah. uh, they're tired of seeing the same thing over and over again um and that's how some that's how the mobile operators or the isps win this is a never ending battle you need someone somewhere leading the battle and constantly um you know bringing people together to fight that fight that's essentially the role that i've played in india what impact will the recent fcc decision have in the us and will it have any spillover effects on india so it won't have any spillover effects in india because um, we checked with the minister and he has said that india will have its own rules mm-hmm. the us can do whatever it wants from that perspective but also what's happened in the us is fairly unfortunate because you know uh, un- under uh, the 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 obama open internet rules mm-hmm. you had uh, fairly strong network identity regulations prevent- preventing throttling um but there was still a loophole when it came to zero rating or the pricing uh, bit so un- instead of strengthening that and preventing price manipulation um america under this current administration has taken many steps back hmm. um this is going to hurt american businesses and investment in american businesses because what you what you'll see is that that entrepreneurs here will not have as much freedom to create so really you know if you talk about uh, isps in the us not investing because of net neutrality regulations i think that's because there isn't enough competition in the market if you bring more players into the game they will be forced to uh, adapt to reduce prices to try and retain customers what happens in the absence of competition is what was happening in india before our net neutrality regulations and before reliance geo launched mm-hmm. which is cartelization of the larger isps that decide that this is the bare minimum that all of us will not fight against or this is stuff that we will all do together and then once we've carved out the market to the exclusion of everyone else we'll then fight for that market between each other mm. that's what was happening in india that's what's probably happening here so you need more competition but then that's where i think ajit pai um, has taken a political decision uh, which is a republican decision on neutrality which is purely on the basis of being adversarial with the obama administration's decision mm. that means that the us uh, if and when the democrats come back to power they they're likely to reverse this again it means that the us doesn't have a stable uh, net neutrality policy which is apolitical right and that's where india doesn't have a problem because across the board all political parties in india support net neutrality so we have a stable regime we have a predictable regime which means that it's easier for people to invest in india to build businesses from india because they know that their acts that their consumers access to their services will not be manipulated by their isps that's not necessarily true in in the us right so therefore it's likely that in the absence of a clear neutrality regime uh, in the absence of preventing manipulation by isps a uh, business might move out of america move into more stable regimes like the eu or even india So do you think given these trends, you know, one that India is taking on a more leading role on the global stage and two, the fact that it now is actually on the forefront on these net neutrality issues, is there a role for India to play globally in trying to evangelize around these issues? India's still not taken a global role when it comes to internet issues. Um but I think what we have is a base for doing that now. Net neutrality is clearly one issue where we can take global leadership because we do have the strongest regulations so 
um, when it comes to internet issues, because we we are the second largest internet market in the world when it comes to number of people online, uh, it's upon us to start also influencing global direction when it comes to standard setting, when it comes to internet policies and global uh, agreements that get created. Um, I'd like to see a global digital single market at some point in time. I don't think it's going to happen in the next 10 years, but we need to move in a direction where geographical boundaries become irrelevant. Because if you think about it, right, it's what people want. It's what people who use the internet want. They don't want um, different rules for different countries, different prices for different countries in a sense. For example, we don't have Spotify in India. We'd love to get Spotify. Uh, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, the founder of the World Wide Web, has this great line which I completely endorse and I believe in, which is all of the internet for all of the people, all of the time. This is one space that unites the world. And so we need, it to, we need to have the systems and the policies in place to make it grow and not to try and control or contain it. Though Nick Hill sees the recent FCC decision in the U.S. as a stumbling block, he views it as part of a longer journey toward a global internet. Why is he so optimistic? It starts with the idea that I began with, mm-hmm. the idea of freedom. right? And this is the space that's given us more freedom than any others. It's allowed us to interact with like-minded people across the globe. We don't know their names. We don't know their religion. We don't know where they come from. Nothing. It's just commonalities that have brought people together. You know, a globalized internet is an idea that exists today. And it's not something that anyone's going to be able to roll back now because that genie is out of the bottle. You know, we've we've sort of tasted that freedom Mm -hmm. and we want to retain that freedom. So whenever there's going to be a clampdown, I think you'll find a strong pushback coming from people. While the U.S. and India stories seem like they have diverged, they are actually fairly intertwined. After all, the campaign for net neutrality began around the same time in both countries, 2014. As it turns out, there's a reason why. Nikhil informed me that he and the Save the Internet movement in India were actually inspired by none other than John Oliver. It was the reason that they brought in the comedy group All India Bakchod as part of their campaign to educate the Indian public and then bombard India's regulatory authority with public comments, borrowing a tactic straight out of the Last Week Tonight playbook. Perhaps, just like John Oliver, India's movement and its fight to secure net neutrality will inspire others around the world. After all, aside from catchifs, isn't that what the internet is best at? With that, this has been Anubhav Gupta for Asia Inside Out. Thanks for listening.